Hey, Rumcasters. So last week we released part one of our Rumcast guide to Puerto Rican rum, where we dove into Don Q, Distilleria Sarayes, Bacardi, the Puerto Rican Havana Club, Rondo Barilito, and a whole bunch of kind of overview stylistic information about Puerto Rican rum. In this episode, part two, we're going to go into the new wave of kind of craft distilleries sweeping across the island right now and doing a lot of interesting different things. We're going to talk about Distilleria Coqui, San Juan Artisan Distillers, Distilleria Cruz, and several others. But with all that said, we'll go ahead and get into the episode. So here it is. Hope you enjoy it. So now I think we should transition to the new wave, the craft distilleries. Yeah. The best place to start there is with a place called Distilleria Coqui, which is located in a town called Mayaguez, which is Mm -hmm. on the west side of Puerto Rico. So it's it's quite a a distance from San Juan. It's it's not the part that you're normally going to fly into. Do you know what Coqui means in a... I do. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. it's It's a frog. Yeah, it's a frog that uh-huh. makes that sound. Cookie, 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 cookie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forget that you know you know a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Well, no, I I was completely ignorant to that, but you know ah. they quickly brought me up to speed. They brought you up, okay. And uh, their logo has a cookie frog on it. So ah, there okay. you go. What's really interesting? This place uh, was started by uh, husband and wife Hector and Maria Quinones in yeah. two thousand nine. That's my family. Name. Oh, is it really? It is Quinones. Yeah. Quinones is my grandmother, yes. I wonder if you're related. That would be amazing. I, don't, I have no idea. I'll have to ask her. Um, yeah. Hector was, he showed me around the distillery, an absolute character, just really funny. Every other word out of his mouth is man or dude, you know, just like that kind of vibe. They also own a... Also sounds like my family. That's they, funny. They own a marijuana dispensary that's located oh my next God. door I to the distillery. <laughs> Um, and just a really super interesting guy. He has an engineering background. And yeah, so they they started doing it in 2009. And kind of what they're, I would say they're known for three things. One of which is they were like, other than Bacardi and Sarayes, mm-hmm. there was no other active rum distillery in Puerto Rico between the 80s and 2009 when they started wow. Distilleria Coqui. Um, the process they had to go to do that, like it was years long of Mm. waiting on paperwork and hearing back from the government and all this stuff. Like it was a, it's like a crazy story of perseverance and, Mm. um, yeah, it was amazing to hear. Do we think um, the big bad corporations were keeping the man down? Li- literally, yes. <laughs> like, according, wow. <laughs> according to according to Hector, yes, that is what happened. Um, huh. He has many stories of uh, some maybe unsavory political and and business rivals doing things to try wow. to keep his upstart distillery down. Huh. Um, well, that makes me want to get some, you know, even more. Exactly. So yeah. that's one thing they're known for. The other one is they were the first distillery there to commercially popularize something called Pitoro, um, which mm-hmm. Pitoro is, it's basically Puerto Rican moonshine, right? Yeah. So it's clandestinely distilled rum in Puerto Rico, which has been made for hundreds of years. And you can still find lots of people all over the place uh, making their own Pitoro. Some some people in Puerto Rico call it uh, Ron Caña. So 
you know, mm-hmm. cane rum, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a common thing to do with that rum is put it in a bottle and put whatever fruit you have growing nearby inside of it. Because a lot of times this it's moonshine. It's, you know, not always distilled with the most care. So right. it can be rough. It can be harsh. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a tradition there. And they basically started doing the commercial version of that. Part of the reason why is because, remember, going back to what is the definition of Puerto Rican rum? It has to be aged for a year. If you're right. a distillery that's been going through all this hardship to open up in the first place, you can't wait a freaking year, you know, to sit around mm-hmm. and uh, before you sell anything. So they thought, what is something we can sell that people will know is rum without putting rum on the label? So they mm-hmm. started labeling it as Pitoro. And they came out like at first with 100 proof, unaged, strong stuff, which is like very analogous to the actual you know, moonshine that's out there. Um, quickly discovered, however, Mayaguez is a college town, and that's not necessarily the type of spirits that um, young people are accustomed to drinking. Uh, Hector told me that, like, a lot of them thought of Pitoro as, like, their grandparents' spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't cool. So what they started doing was they proofed it down. They started adding fruit um, to the bottles, and it became uh, a big hit for, for them. Meanwhile, they're also working on aging some rum so they can, you know, uh, release something that is filtered, like a filtered white rum, uh, you know, that would compete mm-hmm. with the likes of Bacardi and Don Q. And so they eventually do that. They start selling a rum called Ron Coqui, uh, obviously named after the distillery, which it's aged for a year and then filtered, and it's Puerto Rican rum. And mm-hmm. one thing that is interesting, if you look at it really closely, they they actually still can't call it rum, technically, because they bottle it at 39% ABV. So if you look at it closely, it says rum with natural flavors, even though Hector tells me there are no flavors added to it. He wanted to bottle it under 40% because they can pay nearly half the amount of taxes that way. Oh, um, wow. And But if you bottle underneath 40%, apparently you have to put rum with natural flavors on the label. So hmm. yeah, so that's Ron Coquille. But then there's another rum, which is the one that I am drinking uh, right here that I brought back with me from the distillery. Maybe one of the most surprising things I found in Puerto Rico, which is he's doing another rum and he's aging it 100% in new American oak barrels, okay. which I was not expecting because the only places you, well, not the only places, but I feel like you mostly see that with mainland U.S. craft distilleries that right. want to make something that is kind of a bourbon drinker's rum, you know? Exactly. So like mm-hmm. Privateer, for example, is very right. big on the new American oak. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it, some rum agricoles will do like, you know, new oak, new French oak, new American oak, you see sometimes. But I just did not expect to encounter that in Puerto Rico. And if I gave you this glass right now, I think blind, you would think this was Privateer rum. Like that's... Wow. It tastes really similar to Privateer. Obviously, there's some huh. differences and stuff, but yeah, I was just like... Oh my God, like I wasn't expecting to encounter this style of rum here at all, you know? Yeah. So this rum, uh, the brand is called Carjackers, <laughs> the, <laughs> the name of it. And he has a whole story about why, why, why it's called that. Basically, he has this story of this time he had to unload a truck um, to help someone out. And he and his friends did it so quickly that the guy who paid them called them, called, called them Carjackers. And so it became uh, like a thing that they called each other. 
and you know a thing that kind of speaks to yeah, his joke mm-hmm. his spirit of like hard work and everything mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. get the distillery running um he left the c off the word carjackers so that he could trademark it so if you're <laughs> wondering you know if it's carjakers it's not it's just uh he left that off so he could trademark it i um, see but this one, uh, you know, production notes for this distillery, it, it's, he describes it as a semi-continuous distillation process. It's a five to seven day fermentation, uh, 100% molasses. Oh. And at so the does time, that also not meet Puerto Rican that's, rum? That's a yeah. good question. Um, I huh. don't have the answer for that. I know Rums of Puerto Rico has done some stuff to promote Distillery of Coqui. So I okay. think that there may be a little lenient. There's some wiggle room in there. I, maybe? I, I think there will yeah. have to be as as these craft distilleries grow. Right. You know, they're not yeah. starting with, you know, big continuous column sills a lot of the time. But sure. what he had at the time I was there, which was in early 2020, he had a small single column with four plates. He did the first distillation in there. And then he pumped that distillate to a second small column still and did more distillations through there. Um, the mm. Pitordo, he actually did three distillations total. And the rum that becomes Ron Coquie and Carjackers, he did five distillations. Um, now, when I was there, he said that soon he was working on installing a new column still equipped with nine bubble cap plates. Okay. And that would allow him to you know, distill to a higher proof, do fewer distillations, and you know get what he wanted while saving time and, and energy and stuff like that so this this rum that's aged in 100 new american oak the first batch he did he did 18 months aging um which is what i have here and he said the second mm-hmm. one was going to be a full three years in new barrels okay. so just a re- really interesting place and again this was the first moment where i had something i was like well okay so there's Puerto Rican rum, and then there's all this new stuff going on, which yeah. is going to kind of really... And he was he was convinced when I was talking to him. He was like, as soon as these other places taste this rum, they're all going to copy it. And like <laughs> I was like, are you sure? Because it's like hundreds of years of tradition. He was like, no, yeah. they're, they're going to know. They're going to copy it, um, <laughs> which I, I think goes back to, you know, wanting to trademark the, the term and yeah. everything. And so hmm. a, a really interesting place. I'd love to hear more. Uh, when did you go visit them? What year was that? Twenty nineteen? No, it was twenty twenty. It was literally twenty twenty. They started making hand sanitizer at that distillery. It was like coming off the line, the bottling line, uh, while I was right. there. Yes, um, it was the very beginning of March. Like right mm. after I got home is when all the I was supposed to visit Distillerias Arias and I couldn't yeah. because they shut down shut everything yeah. down yeah so okay so i mean it's almost at least two and a half if not three years later pretty soon it'll yeah. be there before we know it so i i'd love to get an update on mm-hmm. what they're doing and uh how how things have aged and what else has come out of that it's it seems super interesting uh, obviously there's there, that's not available outside of the island at the moment I, I don't believe they're exporting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you gotta, you gotta go there, but if you can, they, they had a, like a tasting room and a bar at the distillery. So go there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you'll get to talk to Hector and Maria. They're both uh, super cool. So many stories um, that I, we don't have time to share here, but mm. it was, uh, it was fantastic. All right. So we have uh, another artisan craft distiller. Exactly. Well, what we have is another rum that is completely different from what you would expect for Puerto Rican rum. So the next place I want to talk about is San Juan Artisan Distillers, which makes a rum from fresh sugarcane juice. So um, they call it Ron Agricola there, which is the Spanish translation of rum agricole, agricultural Mm -hmm. rum. Mm -hmm. It was started around 2012 by Pepe Alvarez. Another, God, Pepe had so many 
incredible stories. Um, he, he was like a professional surfer before he did all this. <laughs> um, he has so many cool stories, but instead of surfing, he eventually started a landscaping company and spent 30 years like building that business. So he had farms around the island where he's growing grass and plants and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Recession hits in 2008, really hits his business hard, coupled with a few other economic factors that had been at play for a while in Puerto Rico. And he had yeah. loved rum all his life. And he'd just recently been developing a taste for rum agricole. And so he was like, I know how to grow things. I've never worked with sugarcane, but it's a grass. I'm familiar with grass. So mm-hmm. um, this is where the dream to start yeah. San Juan Artisan Distillers came. Por qué no aquí? Why not here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 There used to be a thriving sugarcane industry in Puerto Rico, and it's all completely gone. So he wants to start this up. Uh, He gets $200,000 investment from Puerto Rico's Agricultural Department and the Puerto Rico Industrial Development Company. And he ends up spending around $2.5 million to, you know, basically build the facility, build out the the distillery and everything. And it's... um, if you go out there, it's a little bit outside of San Juan. Um, so uh-huh, okay. if you hear the name and think it's like an urban distillery, it's not. There's, uh, It's beautiful. They've got 13 acres of sugarcane mm-hmm. right behind the distillery. And those acres back up against a 2,500-acre reserve. Um, wow. So it's a really cool setting. So I, I think what got my attention, first of all, at this place was like, A, the sugarcane juice. But B, Pepe, like he didn't cut any corners so mm-hmm. he he brings in people immediately who are like, oh, wow, like you're really serious about this. So the first thing, his son had just finished a civil engineering degree from the University of Puerto Rico. He brings in his son, Jose, to kind of learn how to be a distiller, basically. Mm-hmm. Then he hires Luis Planas, who I mentioned earlier. Who, ah, uh, return former, of Luis Planas. Uh-huh. Yeah, former master blender at Bacardi, who now yep. is the blender at Barilito. So he comes in as a consultant to help them build out the distillery. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he brings in Frank Ward, uh, former former interviewee on the Rumcast. Some heavy hitters, yeah. Exactly. Who uh, Frank was the managing director at Mount Gay. Um, his family owned the distillery for several generations. And so Frank Ward comes. And when we talked to Frank, I asked him about this project. And he was like, yeah, he was like, you can say I do some consulting, but like, I basically only work on stuff that sounds really fun to me. So you can't like, not just anyone can call up Frank and hire him. Like he has to think your project sounds really cool. And Mm -hmm. this project met that criteria. So he's getting everything up and running. Then Hurricane Maria hits 2017, oh gosh. demolishes their cane fields. They didn't have power for nearly a year and they couldn't make their rum, right? So what he decides to do instead is do something else in the meantime. Um, and he created this brand called Trace Clavos, which means three nails. Yeah. And the story he has for this is that, you know, he was going around through debris and stuff and he found these three nails that came from train tracks uh, that mm-hmm. used to run through there. They're mm-hmm. like really big bent nails. He still has them there. Mm-hmm. And he he thinks that they were from, there, there used to be a railway that transported sugarcane all over Puerto Rico, like from the fields to the mills. And he thinks they came from that, you know, obviously we don't know for sure, but it's a cool story. And uh, he, he had this great line when he was telling me the story. He was like, you know, I saw these three nails and like I looked at my family and I said, fuck the hurricane. We've got to do something. <laughs> um, so that was like the ingenuity was he found yeah. these nails. Um, and what he decided to do was he sourced some cane juice rum from the Dominican Republic 
and he basically decided to do his own spin on Pitoro, like Hector was doing, right? So he started the Stres Clavos brand, brand. He gets the cane juice from. He infuses it with fresh fruits and spices from all over the island. So pineapple, mm. ginger, passion fruit, coconuts, mangoes, this really wonderful fruit called canepas that I had never had before mm-hmm. I went to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts selling the Trace Clavos brand. It does really well, brings in money. He's able you know, to replant sugarcane. Two years later, he's finally distilling this fresh cane juice rum that he calls Ron Pepon. Uh, Pepon mean, means big Pepe, which is a, mm-hmm. a tribute to his his father, who was also named uh-huh. Pepe. Yeah, so they're crushing cane right there behind the distillery, ferment for about five to six days, double pot distill, comes off the still 140 proof. They either dilute it to 130 for aging or they dilute it for 86 uh, for bottling. And now, as if this all wasn't interesting enough, the pot stills themselves that they have there, um, these big, beautiful red pot stills, They have an interesting rum story as well. So these are pot stills from France, cognac style stills made by a company called Chauvignac. And they originally built them for a little company called Moe Hennessy, which started Mm. a little rum project in Trinidad Mm -hmm. called Tin Cane, which I'm sure I know you're familiar with because you have a bottle of Tin Cane. And people are probably seeing all these interesting independent bottle releases over the past year from Tin Cane, which Tin Cane eventually closed and left behind like a lot of rum that is, Mm -hmm. you know, going to be slowly dripped out over the coming years. And some stills. And some stills, like you said. (laughs) So uh, Pepe had actually already bought like a a modern hybrid still from Holstein in Germany. But then he had this opportunity to get these two huge, beautiful pot stills and he couldn't resist. So he has those as well. And he's using the the two Chauvignac pot stills from Tin Cane to make Ron Pepon. And he's using the Holstein still, which he says makes kind of like a lighter cane juice distillate. He mm-hmm. plans to eventually use that distillate for Trace Clavos and, you know, wean off the Dominican Republic sourced rum. Got so it. they're bottling right now two types of Ron Pepon. There's the unaged, which is the 43% ABV. And then they're doing an aged version. Their first batch, uh, I think it was 30 plus months in used whiskey barrels that I believe he gets from Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the age of those is probably going to vary. Um, you know, when you're a new distillery, you're not immediately going to get to like a consistent age statement a lot of the time, but um, he does have plans for that. So really, really another unique place. And the only experience I've had trying their rum was at the distillery, literally drinking it at 130 proof right off the still mm-hmm. um, from my hand, basically. Yeah. And obviously any experience like that, it, it all unless it's just terrible, like it's going to taste amazing just because yeah. like the magic yeah. of the experience, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. you can see the sugar cane, you're drinking it right off the still. Um, I was really impressed with what they were doing. So again, yeah. you know, grain of salt, I was at the distillery, you have to factor mm-hmm. that in, but it made me, the only reason I haven't gotten a bottle is just because I, I'm not sure they're exporting yet. So, but yeah, just super fascinating project and yeah. I, I can't wait to see what they do. Yeah, I don't think they're exporting yet from what I've seen either, but I did get a chance to try this from the bottle. Uh, oh, you did? At, uh, yeah, I did. I want to say this was last year's Miami Rum Renaissance. Was Pepe uh, there? 
He was. Oh, so nice. I, I got a chance to talk to him, and he remembered you fondly. Nice. Uh, and uh, so it was really good to just kind of try the rum there from the bottle at 86 proof, mm-hmm. which was very nice. I don't remember. I'm just being honest because it was almost a year ago at this point. If it was just the unaged I tried, I want to... F- I want to say it was just the unaged. Okay. Uh, I don't think I had the aged one, but I I did really enjoy it. It's obviously uh, very well made. I'm looking forward to to seeing more of that. And like you said, maybe that will get over here for sale soon. Uh, That would be great. I'll try to, I'll I'll put some pictures of these places um, that I took while I was there. I have have pictures from San Juan Artisan Distillers and Mm -hmm. Distilleria Coqui and the next distillery we're going to talk about as well. So we should move on to them and then close it out because... there's just yeah. so much to talk about. I don't want this I episode know. to go on forever, though. But well, I know, but Puerto Rico makes a lot of rum. I know, they what do. What are you going to do? And, maybe and, this and, should be a two-parter. Maybe so. Um, <laughs> so the the last place yeah. I want to talk about in detail is Destilleria Cruz, um, which makes a brand now called Ron Artesano. And this place, th- this was the mo- like the biggest adventure, I would say, because it's located in kind of the central part of the island, which is kind of like a lot more mountainous, mountainous than yeah. I thought mm-hmm. beforehand. Absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. It's in this really small town called Hayuya, which is really fun to say. And I mean, you're just taking these like windy mountain roads and like there's, you know, all this rainforest and like mist and stuff in the air. It's just Mm -hmm. a complete 180 from, you know, the beach environment. And um, at the time I went there, they they also started out just like the other two places. Surprise, right? Doing a commercially made Pitoro. And they had the brand was called Pito Rico. So kind of a play on words Ah, and at the time i went there they so they had kind of uh versions with fruits macerated in the bottle they actually did like an unaged unflavored version that they bottled at 106 proof and this was another surprise i tasted it and it was really reminiscent of jamaican rum like Hmm. it had that jamaican fruity funk to it wow and um yeah i think there are still bottles for sale but i don't know if they're still producing that or not because um as i was saying they've shifted over to focusing on this ron artesano brand but really lovely people to talk to um it was started by a guy named luis cruz and he can talk to you about hardcore rum nerd stuff. He was bringing up concepts from Rafael Arroyo's research on rum production oh, wow. and fermentation yeah. that like, this is the kind of stuff that's like, uh, you know, Steven Schellenberger, yeah. Boston yeah. Apothecary Boston, yeah. type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, wow, you're like, you know, <laughs> you're a rum nerd. Um, yeah. it, was, it was really cool. So they, they have a Holstein hybrid still, kind of like the one I was mentioning at San Juan Artisan Distillers. And a couple years back, they did a crowdfunding campaign to launch this new brand, Ron Artesano. It was pretty interesting. They used this platform called WeFunder, where basically anyone can make micro-investments and get equity in the company. Um, So they raised 220 grand from 370 investors and used that to launch that brand. And that's Hmm. kind of their, their focus now. So they have four rums. One is a white rum, pot distilled, aged for a year and filtered, bottled at 90 proof. Okay. Uh, they they also have done at least one batch, maybe more, of aged rum. They did a three-year-old all-pot still release, um, again, 90 proof. I believe they sold out. I think they have more batches on, coming on the way. And then they yeah. also they have an overproof white rum bottled at 53% and a spiced rum. So, again, I haven't had the opportunity to, to try the Ron Artesano stuff, but that, right. that unaged rum that I had, which I guess they couldn't label it as rum because it was unaged, but... The funky one, that was like, okay, 
Y'all, y'all are up to something here. This is very interesting. So I'm, I'm wow. really interested to see what they do. Well, as we were saying earlier, I mean, these craft distilleries are really stretching the boundaries of now exactly. what is a Puerto Rican rum mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Now this being, you know, pot still, um, at yeah. least much of it, if not all of it. I'm interested to see where this goes with yeah. all of these different kind of startups and doing what they're going to do here, mm-hmm. um, which we know in in a large sense as being rums and and alike to other places. And I love seeing the innovation and. I love the idea that it doesn't have to be just one type. But at the same time, then you have this kind of other push-pull of like, well, yes, but this is kind of the traditional approach too. Yeah. And so there's this 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 kind of two thoughts fighting there of what's gonna gonna happen with this eventually. And I just I, I hope it continues uh, with the the innovation and doing different things because it seems fascinating and awesome that people are doing that there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think What's the, I think there's going to have to be some kind of evolution, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even want to kind of like prognosticate on what that will look like, but I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a lane for both to do the, mm-hmm. the interesting, different, experimental, not even experimental, just different. You know, this is the kind of rum these places are going to make. And right. then you'll also have the very traditional approaches as well. So yeah. I think there's ways for them to coexist and, and all be celebrated as, you know, different shades of Puerto Rican rum. So yeah, we'll see what yeah. happens. There are a few others I want to touch on very quickly here at the end. There's one other craft distillery uh, I did not visit. It's actually, uh, there's a, a small island off the main island of Puerto Rico called Viaques. It's um, east of Puerto Rico. And mm-hmm. there's a distillery there called Crab Island Rum that was started by Ivan Torres. Uh, Luis Planas consulted for him as well. And <laughs> That they, guy's everywhere. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> They opened three and a half months before COVID, so horrible, horrible timing. Mm-hmm. But Ivan, he, he'd he been working on the idea for basically a decade. Like He started out making rum on a homemade still in the woods, basically. And mm-hmm. he had this great story where he, he wanted to launch with, you know, infused flavored rums for mm-hmm. a lot of the reasons I've already pointed out with, you know, right. wanting to be able to sell something. And he wanted to do a coffee and a coffee infused rum and an orange infused rum. And so he started testing these like way before he had the distillery and he had a job as a, a tour guide at the time. Via case has uh, it's, it's known for having a bioluminescent bay, you know, uh, where okay. like you can see all the mm-hmm. illuminated yeah. sea life. Mm-hmm. And he was a tour guide there and he would literally like bring these test bottles of rum in his trunk and like, after the tour was Ask over, be like, hey, you guys want to try something really cool? Like, come to the parking lot with me. And he would, like, uh, focus group that shit, like, right yeah, there, you know, yeah. and, like, get feedback wow. and adjust his recipe according to this parking lot feedback. It's such, like, a, a cool story. I love it. Yeah. But, yeah, so, obviously, he's not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, That's, like, the equivalent of selling your record out of the back of your car. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Good good <laughs> comparison. But um, he's, he's making that all, you know, perfectly legally uh, above board now. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so hybrid still three to four day fermentation. He's doing those flavored releases. He's also he's been aging rum since day one. So he's done aged, totally unflavored releases as well. Um, another fascinating guy who, yeah, I just I, I, I just admire like everything it takes to start something like that. Yeah, it's, it's such a tough business. So very cool story. And then a couple others. Um, there actually is another very big distillery that doesn't fit into the three categories I mentioned called Club Caribe. Yeah. It opened in 2012 in uh, Cidra, which is kind of a, a mountain town. 
and they do a bunch of flavored rums under the club caribe brand this is not a small craft distillery like it's big big capacity they sell Mm -hmm. a bunch of bulk rum from that distillery and then they also do like a, a white rum and a gold rum under the club caribe brand so i don't think like the most exciting thing for rum enthusiasts but it's something right. that you may see so worth yeah. noting and then trigo is another rum i'm 90 percent sure it's sourced um you'll definitely see it in like duty-free stores oh, yeah. and stuff like that yeah um i've seen conflicting the- info on the age like all they sell is just an aged rum one source i've seen says it's a blend of rums aged up to 10 years i've also seen blend of six to eight bottled at 80 proof so that's another one yeah. that you'll see you, you can't miss that one because it's shaped like an erlenmeyer flask exactly right? yeah, yeah it is yeah 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 so it's like it's very recognizable on the shelf and one actually will that i don't really care for that bottle design something about it just i don't know it's it's different i'll give it that it but, is, uh, yeah something i don't know so, something about it to me says fake i'm not sure what it is it's a um, it, it doesn't have john gola written all over it no it really doesn't yeah <laughs> but i've never tried the rum uh so i don't I, I haven't okay. either, yeah. Yeah. And then last, uh, one more uh, brand you may see. Uh, it, it's it's a new brand. It has that kind of like craft distillery look to it. It's called Rincon Rum, which this mm-hmm. brand started in Rincon on the west coast of Puerto Rico. Yeah. I yeah. know when they started, they, were, they weren't distilling. They were sourcing their rum from Distilleria Coqui, actually. Mm, okay. And I think they may be doing that still. I don't know for sure. but And I also think they're just doing a white rum at the moment. Okay. But yeah. Um, I've tried and, this one, and okay. this one's actually pretty good. Nice. Uh, I, I like this one as a as a white rum, very clean. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting. Good mixer. Yeah, good mixer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, seems honest in what they're trying to do. Yeah. So those are all the ones to touch on. Again, there may be some here and there that that we missed uh, that may be new. Uh, if, if if you've heard of other ones, definitely send us an email. Host at rumcast.com. And again, remember, like I said, we, you know, I, I told us like all of these places had a Maria story when I was there of how they were impacted by that hurricane. So, yeah, this month we're going to send all of our uh, Rumcast Patreon money to uh, Hurricane relief. Fiona mm-hmm. relief. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to donate to that organization as well or just look up any organization that's donating if you want to do it on your own. That's cool. We would just love to raise awareness to uh, helping out in Puerto Rico in a in a small way and pass that along. Yeah. So, yeah. But if anyone has any Puerto Rican rum thoughts, questions, additions, please send us an email host at rumcast.com or uh, hit us up on social media. John, where can they find us there? We are at the Rumcast, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And uh, so you can find us there, comment uh, or uh, follow us on those platforms, get a hold of us if you want there as well. Um, We're always trying to post some interesting things and uh, get back to people when they comment. So leave us a comment. Let us know uh, what you're liking and and what's interesting uh, that we're doing. And what country we should do next. Yeah, that's a good one. Exactly. Because we're we're already fighting, Will and I, about what country should be next. So we (laughs) need some tiebreakers. It will literally be the next episode. We've got some really good interviews coming up that I'm excited about that'll come out. Um, But yeah, let us know what you think. And... It was really fun talking Puerto Rican rum with you, John. Yeah, it's a it's a great. Uh, I mean, you can't avoid Puerto Rico when you think of rum, right? Yeah. It's it's huge, and I think we we tried to do it at justice as best we could here, uh, in terms of all the different things that are included. So there's more uh, than meets the eye. Exactly. We hope you learned something uh, and uh, and appreciate it as much as we do talking about it. And uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>